Hello, hello, shalom, 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 family. Good morning. Greetings to you guys, uh, wherever you're listening in from around the world. Uh, salutations. Uh, I would like to say welcome. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Bread Podcast, where we read the word of Yahuwah daily. The Daily Bread Podcast is presented to you guys by Living for Yahuwah Ministries, and I am your host and your brother, Daliyahu Yasharal. And uh, I'm pleased to announce, family, that we are gathered here today to read another chapter. And uh, all praise to Yahuwah. We could just give him a steam for that. I'm, I'm excited. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining me. So, <clears throat> with that said, um, we're going to get started with our normal operating procedure, which is to give you guys a recap, a review for those of you who may be listening for the first time. After that review, we're going to open up with prayer first before we start reading. Then we will read the chapter and after the chapter, we will do a brief uh, summary, synopsis and recap overview. So that's the plan, family. And again, thank you guys for joining me and uh, let's get into it. <clears throat> so what shall we say then? Where are we now? We are in Ahmadabar, commonly called Numbers, chapter 11, as of today. And, um, yeah, it's been a great book. And usually, what I always uh, ask and that I always um, recommend is that if you are listening to, for the first time, or if not, if you're just confused about anything, again, uh, we're reading the scriptures. The plan is to read the whole scriptures all the way through. We start from the beginning. And right now, we're still <clears throat> technically in the beginning as we continue to our study and our reading in the Torah. So the Torah is the instructions, the, the pointed finger, right? The pointed finger to the path and, um, and Hebraic thought, right? And uh, <clears throat> that's what we read. It's commonly called the Torah of Moses because um, Moses is involved in four of the five books. Um, so just speaking on that, let's just go through the books because Genesis, again, the first book, which doesn't include Moses, is the history of all mankind civilization. And it's theoretically understood that, again, Moses got all of this understanding from when he literally was on the mountain with Elohim for 40 days and 40 nights. That's how we know uh, everything, this Torah, Moses, everything in it, even the information that was given before Moses was completely accurate, right? So Genesis is the first book and again one of the most important ones in the Torah because it actually gives us instructions as well. You know, that's how that's why we read it first and this is how it enables us to understand certain principles and statues and structure in the Hebrew community and culture. For example, the first chapters in Genesis it tells us about the creation story. Um, very interesting about the creation story, just a side note. Because I was just speaking with a friend of mine who is, um, how can I say, uh, a, a Muslim, Muslim, we say Muslim, Muslim, whatever, um, and, uh, you know, talking about the Quran and certain things like that and how it's, they, they believe the books that came before, even though, you know, the new book is saying do something different than what came before. But the point is just that, that's what we were talking about, they believe the books that come before, and, but thinking about the difference I me being someone that has read scripture being honest I never read through the whole Quran but the point is 
the thing that separates scripture from any other book is like no other book makes a claim like the Hebrew scriptures does. And specifically with Genesis, with Yahuwah telling us he is the author and the finisher. He said he created everything. So it's a it's it's a specific stake and claim that's made in Genesis that if somebody else made the claim, they have to prove it. <laughs> Seriously. And uh, so again, Genesis is a very important book. It's just it's the foundation of our faith. It, what I was getting at with um, statues like the seven day week being instituted is almost um, a given. We're saying that basically you who is saying I invented the week. Nobody else is saying that they're the ones who are responsible for the seven day week or you know uh, grouping of days and seven days. So you who made the heaven and earth, what's in it in six days, and he rested on the seventh. So that's very important. Again, him calling Abraham, people like Noah, making covenants with these people, not just a religion, but just covenants with a specific bloodline of people. This is an understanding we have to, it's foundational. Because again, you, you, you might be talking to people trying to persuade you about something, something with alternative facts, right? You got to know what you, what you believe and why. So again, this is the reason why we started from the beginning. Just to give you guys a small example and just... To highlight some things, I feel like that was a great, uh, very timely, um, just situation, and it, it fits the um, what we're talking about. But Genesis is important because, again, we got things instituted like the seven-day week. We got um, circumcision. Again, certain. Um, again, we have the foundational relationship with Elohim understood, like I explained before. He is looking for righteous individuals. That's why he came to people like Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, etc., etc., all from the same bloodline, uh, I might add. But he came to these people, made himself known to them, spoke with them, and made covenants with them. And just like um, it, talk, it speaks about in, um, in Deuteronomy, as Moses is talking to the people and, and telling them this covenant he made with you. Not with our forefathers before who didn't know him or who didn't see him. He made it with you. He making it with us, all of us who are here today. And it, it really means everybody who are alive. So we speaking about us as we speak. He made this covenant with us. And the point is, like he said, that Mashah referenced it. That's uh, I want to highlight is that who else, what other nation have spoken with the living Allahim, with the living mighty one and, and, and live. So again, just the Torah is just, I have to remind you, if you don't know, just the the majesty the um the deep sense of history royalty um deep sense of importance of everything we read so <clears throat> that was genesis again one of the books that doesn't include moses but from there on from the book of exodus um moses is the central four figure fi central figure of the torah and um again the one who yahuwah chose to lead us out of captivity and so from Genesis, if you're not aware of what happened with Genesis, we encourage you guys to go back and check out those episodes. Again, to go us from there, we went to the book of Exodus, which was again, as I spoke about in other episodes, you'll hear me speak about in the recaps, one of the most iconic books in scripture, not just from the arrival on the scene of Moses, but again, the famous iconic phrases, let my people go, etc., etc. It's like, that's enough said. Um, so that's where we are now Again the Torah of Moses From the book of Exodus We segue into the book of Leviticus Which is 
again, us specifically seeing how Yahuwah is coming to this righteous family and again, choosing individuals or tribes of that particular family to be his firstborn, to be called unto him, to be even more special. And I'm just speaking about the, the Loim, commonly called the Levites or uh, a Levite, which is Louis. Uh, yeah, the tribe of Louis, I think the book of Uyakra or Leviticus is specifically about them. Again, how the importance, right, of being called a priest of Yahuwah. So, it's so much to this walk. So, again, just moving through the recap. Again, Levites, Levitical priesthood, and just the book of Leviticus was, again, one of the most underrated books in Torah, but actually explains the most. So, again... If you're not aware of that, you're not familiar with that, we just finished that book. We encourage you guys to catch up on it, which all leads us to where we are now, to the book of Numbers, also known as Bamadabar in the wilderness. And all it is from, again, from the time of Moses, from coming out of Egypt all the way through Leviticus and up until this point where we are now in Numbers, it has only been two years since we came out of captivity. And everybody know famously that we were in the wilderness wandering for 40 years. So now we're continuing this um, saga of uh, dramas and movements. And uh, we just closed the last chapter when it was time to finally set out. We entered into the second year out of captivity in Egypt. And the Most High told us that that was the beginning of our months and the beginning of our days when we came out of Egypt. We are now a nation in the second year as the nation of Yashara. So that's where we are right now, family, in the wilderness. Bamadabar, the book of Numbers, chapter 11. Let's go. And I love it because after giving that recap, I'm super, I've made myself more excited and it's time to culminate that excitement in prayer. So we know prayer is important because, again, as I just alluded to with all the chapters I reference and the books I reference, we see prayer being uh, initiated from the beginning with Abraham, with uh, Adam, with Noah, or Noah. So uh, very important uh, tool in our spiritual toolbox and uh, communication method with Elohim. So just speaking about all those great things he did is a perfect time to communicate with him, to clear our hearts, clear our minds, and ask for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding before we embark in the word. So that is exactly what we're going to do, family. We're going to stand up, pray according to the Hebrew custom, which means lifting up our hands and facing, turning our face toward Jerusalem, toward the direction of the place where the temple once stood, right? And uh, I can't say east because it's not east for me anymore. And uh, we can't just say pray to the east. Pray toward the direction of Jerusalem because you might be in the near east already, China, in Asia. And we shouldn't be praying east if we're in Asia. We should be praying west. So it all it's all relative to you, but pray toward the direction of Jerusalem. That is the Hebrew culture. Okay? So let us pray, family. Baruch Atah Yahuwah, Alehinu, Hamalat Ulam, our Father who is in the heavens. Permit your name to be set apart. Permit your reign or your kingdom to come. Allow your desire to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask and we pray, make supplication. That we ask that you give us this day a daily bread. Meaning, sustain us, Yahuwah, like only you can. 
ask that you forgive us for our sins and our trespasses against your Torah, your commands. And also, we ask for forgiveness for the sins, iniquity, transgressions against your Torah, your commands. For the sins and transgressions of our current family and our forefathers against your Torah, your commands. And we ask that you forgive us for all these sins. Forgive us as we forgive our dead oars. Forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us as we forgive each other. We ask that you allow us not to be led into trial, but save us and deliver us from the wicked one. For yours is the reign, the power, and the esteem, now and forever. These things and more we pray in the name of our Mashiach and Sovereign, Yahusha. Halal Yahuwah, Tudah Yahuwah, Yabadakak Yahuwah, Aman. Aman. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess also we just ask that you allow your word to come into our heart, to dwell in our heart, to be planted in our heart and just let it dwell there and, and, and take root and bear fruit. So, hallelujah. These things and more we pray in the name of our Mashiach or our anointed priest and our sovereign or king, Yahusha. Yahusha. Gotta love the name of Yahusha. Great name, man. Okay, let's read, family. We are in Numbers chapter 11. Let's go. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1. And the people complained in the hearing of Yahuwah about their misfortunes. And when Yahuwah heard it, his anger was kindled. And the fire of Yahuwah burnt among them and consumed some of the outlying parts of the camp. Okay. <clears throat> then the people cried out to Moses. And Moses prayed to Yahuwah and, and the fire died down. See how powerful prayer is? Right there, I was just telling you, we were just talking about it. He prayed. Yeah, that's an age-old communication method with Yahuwah. We have to understand the Elohim that we serving. We don't knock on wood to call him. We don't pick up the phone to call him. We lift up our hands and pray. He is there. Communicate with us. He is Elohim. He is above us. And we make supplication to him. He has eyes and ears in the earth. Malachim, watchers, seraphim, cherubim, so many angelic beings. That his host of of uh, of servants and messengers are myriads, thousands on ten thousands of ten thousands. So, uh, very important to understand thoroughly, right? I think sometimes we, uh, you know, just do what we see people doing and just do what we taught. But it's important to understand why and uh, connections. Anywho, verse two. The people of the people cried out to Mashah, and Mashah prayed to Yahuwah, and the fire died down. So the name of that place was called Tabarah, which means burning, because the fire of Yahuwah burnt among them. Now the rabble that was among them had been a strong craving, and the people of Yasharal also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Montserrat that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. 
Mm. So it seems the children of Yashorah despised the manna. Verse 7. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its appearance like that of bedellium. Bedellium. The people went about and gathered it, and ground it in hand mills, or beat it in mortars, and boiled it in pots, and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. When the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell with it. Verse 10. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their clans, everyone at the door of his tent. And the anger of Yahuwah blazed hotly, and Moses was displeased. Moses said to Yahuwah, Why have you dealt ill with your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight, that you lay, this burden, that you lay the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth that you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom, as a nurse carries a nursing child, to the land that you swore to give their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they weep before me and say, Give us meat that we may eat. I am not able to carry all these people alone. The burden is too heavy for me says Moses verse 15 if you will treat me like this kill me at once if I find favor in your sight that I may not see my wretchedness then you will say to Moses gather for me 70 men of the elders of Yasharal whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them and bring them to the tent of meeting and let them take their stand there with you and I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they will bear the burden of the people with you. So that you may not bear it yourself alone. And say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow and you will eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of Yahuwah saying, who will give us meat to eat? For it was better for us in Maserim, or Egypt. Therefore, Yahuwah will give you meat, and you will eat. You will not eat just one day, or two days, or five days, or ten days, or twenty. But a whole month, until it comes out at your nostrils, and becomes loathsome to you. Because you have rejected Yahuwah, who is among you, and have wept before him, saying, why did we come out of Maserim? But Moses said, The people among whom I am number 600,000 on foot, and you have said, I will give them meat that they may eat a whole month. So it seemed like Moses don't even, he, he in disbelief too. Like, what? How are we going to do that? Verse 22 Will flocks and herds be slaughtered for them and be enough for them? Or will all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them and be enough for them? I think this, not to talk, talk too much, but I think this is a very interesting question, interesting point in Torah. Because what Moses is asking, what he's saying in verse 22, he asking, obviously, just as a human, understanding things, um, you know, um, in a concrete manner or in just a, a, a human fleshly manner like 
how are we going to pr produce this? How are we going to produce this? And this is a great question he's asking, right? And let me just read it again, like what he's saying, right? And I want to tell you how it relates to something else. Will flocks and herds be slaughtered for them and be enough for them? Will the fish of the sea be gathered together for them and be enough for them? So he's saying, like, how are we going to do that? We're going to get, like, all the resources that you made in one place and just, you know, just, just, this is just going to happen like magic. It's just going to, everything going to come here and just fall before them. Obviously, he don't see like how it's gonna um, actually play out, you know, uh, figuratively in reality. And this is a great question. It's a great statement because it parallels a statement that was made another place by the prophets, and it's the same thing with, let's say, the virgin birth, for example. A lot of things you have done, even some other prophets, the servant, they ask him, "Well, show me a sign," and they say, "Do this or do that," and Yahuwah does it, and it just goes to show that. His ways, not our ways. And it goes to show that Yahuwah, again, talking about the book of Genesis, why it's important. Because, again, he claims, and we know it to be true, that he made everything, right? And he has power over everything. But how he uses it is not the way we think it should be used. or It doesn't happen the way we think it should happen. Like, all the cattle going to come before us and just somebody going to slaughter and give these people meat. Like, it ain't happen like that. But it happened. And it's, I feel like it's the same thing with the virgin birth. Because I remember him telling the prophet in another place when we get there in the book of Isaiah. He was saying, ask for me a sign. Ask for me something difficult. And, you know, the prophet was like, no, I ain't not going to ask nothing. And then he said, you know, he's going to say and declare this prophecy. Will the, will the virgin conceive and et cetera, et cetera. And I think even the whole point is even when these things do come to pass, it's in an unbelievable fashion. It don't happen how we think it should happen. But then when it does happen, it's still in a way that. We didn't conceive it could happen. So I think it's a very interesting parallel that we keep, we continue to see through, through scripture. And we will continue to see for those of us that are not familiar with that reference, who we haven't gotten to that point yet, we will see it. But it's just one of many times it's happened. Um, I think another example was the prophet Gideon. You know, he, he told him to save Yasharal and... He, he didn't believe it. He was like, oh, give me a sign, wet the fleece. And the fleece was wet the next day. Then he said, well, make the fleece dry and everything else wet. So it's like all these ways we test you. It's like, the, and but it's not from a place of really uh, disbelief or unbelief. It, it's really, it's not disbelief, but unbelief or not being able to conceive it in our mind. And we ask you who to show us more, just tell us more because sometimes we can't see how these things can happen. But the point that I'm making is just that one thing we can say for sure is that with Yahuwah, all things are possible. And it seems like a, like a, you know, like a simple statement. Yeah, of course, all things are possible. He made everything. And it's, in a general sense, it's like, yeah, of course. But when you in the midst of it, when you have to believe what he's saying, when you have to eat the manna, right, so to speak, and not desire the other things that you've had, when you have to be in the wilderness and not complain about it, it's a lot more, you know, a lot more of a challenge. But um, I just think it's good to take time and reflect on the power of Yahuwah, the esteem of Yahuwah, and how he always delivered, even in the most unconventional means and methods. And um, it's a big deal, family. Because, again, this prophecy I'm referencing about the virgin birth was there hundreds of years before the Mashiach came. And built. Even when he came and when it happened, you had doubters and people that, Again, um, not just fought it to the death, but conspired to kill. So it's a it's it's a big deal because 
it's basically like the creator walking around in your face and you don't even recognize him. So that's that's what that's what I'm getting at when I'm saying these things because we know he got the power to do all these things. He created it. But when he telling us he's gonna do something for us, or when we complaining, we don't see it like that in the moment. So um it's just a word of a word of wisdom, you know. We have to uh, understand all things possible through Yahoo and continue to have strong faith in him. And uh, this is why we read into glean things like this. And I hope that made sense to you guys. And, and that's exactly what Yahuwah is getting into when he continues to speak. I just wanted to touch on it a little bit. But verse 23, let's continue reading. And Yahuwah said to Moses, this is the whole point. Is Yahuwah's arm or is his hand shortened? Now you will see whether my word will come true or not. And that's how even the tone he giving like, so you don't believe me? And uh, that's the point. We got to continue to believe Yahuwah. Always, in every circumstance, Yahuwah said to Moses, It's Yahuwah's hand shortened. Now you will see whether my word will come true for you or not. Verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people the words of Yahuwah. And he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then Yahuwah came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. But they did not continue doing it. Verse 26. Now two men remained in the camp. One named Aldad and the other named Madad. And the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered but had not gone out to the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. And the young man ran and told Moses, Aldad and Madad are prophesying in the camp. And Yahusha, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth said, My master, Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all Yahuwah's people were prophets, that Yahuwah would put his spirit on them. And I remember reading this verse before, and I always loved it, because I think it shows us what the end goal is, and what is the, the calling the true calling of the people of Yasharal. If you reading this, if you listening to this, you should know what the, what Yasharal is. I, I've explained it loosely. Again, this family that went into Egypt came out as a nation, nation called by their forefather Yasharal. Yahuwah gave him that name and made a covenant with Jacob, also known as Yasharal. We are the nation of Yasharal. If you call yourself a part of the nation of Yasharal, you should understand what the goal is. The goal is to do right, righteousness. Again, belief, faith, trust in Yahuwah, his Mashiach, doing his law, statutes, and commandments, right? But what's the end goal for us as servants? And I think this verse encapsulated it very well. I'm going to read it again. Verse 29. But Moses said to him, are you jealous for my sake? Would that all Yahuwah's people were prophets, that Yahuwah would put his spirit on them. So us being Yasharat, what's the end goal? To prophesy, to, to be a conduit for his word. You know, something like what we're doing right now. We breaking down his word. We making parallels to it. We attaching our hearts to it. You know, we praying that his word is in our heart. Again, that it bear root, take root and bear fruit, right? And that again, we drip the word. Because an Abi, a prophet means to like a continual dripping, a dripping. Like the word is oozing out of these people, literally. So um again, this scripture so eloquently and very um concisely 
conveys what is the goal of Yasharal. The goal is that all his people should be prophets. We should all be priests of the earth wherever we go. People know these are who are people. They talking about him. They walking by him. His word and I can talk to them about Yahuwah. I can go to them and get immersed. I can go to them and get salvation. I can go to these people and get forgiveness of my sins. You know, and get get put on the path. You know, they can take me to Yahusha. They can make me know the name of Yahuwah. So, I love this verse because it's, it, it kind of, if you were reading through the Torah ever, wondering what's the point, why are we reading this? Okay, I just want to pause and just direct everyone's attention to Numbers chapter 11, verse 29. If you ever wonder, what is the point? Okay. Verse 30. Moses and the elders of Yashara returned to the camp. Then a wind from Yahuwah sprang up, and it brought quail from the sea, and let them fall beside the camp about a day's journey on this side and a day's journey on the other side, around the camp. And about 200 cubits above the ground. Wow. And the people rose all that day and all night and all the next day and gathered the quail. Those who gathered least gathered 10 omers. And those who gathered, one second, those who gathered least gathered 10 omers. Homers. And they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. While the meat was yet between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of Yahuwah was kindled against the people, and Yahuwah struck down the people with a very great plague. Therefore, the place of that, the name of that place was called Kibriot Hatua, which means graves of craving. Mm. Because there they buried the people who had the craving. Mm. From Kiriot Hathuah, the people journeyed to Hazarot, and they remained at Hazarot. Woo! What shall we say then? And that's an interesting chapter because there's so many ups and downs. It was like, good thing, oh, spread your spirit out among the elders, cool. I'm gonna give y'all meat, cool. Now nah, I'm gonna kill some of y'all, cool. I'm gonna give y'all my spirit and let. Everybody prophesied cool, like some good and bad, you know. And um, what shall we say then? That's I think that's now I ain't gonna say that's what we can expect, but that it's, it's a part of you with personality. That's definitely what happens. That's why we again we strive to do his word, his will, his commands because we don't want to be in his burning displeasure. And we know at a certain point it will burn forever, and some people will be found in it. So we know his burning the pleasure, and um, you know that's what the point is. The point, the point of this child is just understanding the wilderness. And like I was saying, the recap all the way up until uh, like Numbers chapter eight or nine or ten, we were just in the second year. But now we starting to we set out from that place where he gave them the commandments, and now we see. We, and it's just one chapter alone. We journeyed two places. They were in a place that was burning with his anger. Then they moved to another place. They asked for meat. That 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 didn't go too well, and then they moved to another place. So now we actually in this process where we're moving through the wilderness. And what's the point of moving through the wilderness? To understand, we need to be content in the wilderness. We're not gonna get the promised land if we're not content in the wilderness. And um, is what shall we say then? You know, it's as strong of a point it is. It's it's a point that has to be made, right? as um jarring as it may be like you don't want to tell new people that like 
Hey, you gotta be careful. You don't want to, you know, if you don't want the plate to fall on you, you don't want to see his burning displeasure. But that's the truth, and is we're not gonna sugarcoat the truth. So, um, you know, as uh, jarring as it may be, these is the realities of the situation. This is what happened in the wilderness. This is what happened to our forefathers. And we have to read this because scriptures tell us everything that happened was for our learning, for us to learn and understand. So when we get to the wilderness, you know, we have to uh, remember this, you know. There's a scripture in Psalms that say David wrote it, wrote about it, he wrote it, and also Paul quoted it in uh, Hebrews. But like you say, when, that, when you hear his voice in the wilderness, that day when you're in the wilderness and you hear his voice, heart and not your hearts. And it's, David wrote that again, um, looking back on this time when we were in the wilderness, and it's going to say it somewhere in this, in this book, where they heart and their hearts in the wilderness, and that's why he killing them off. But the point is to understand is that when you hear his voice, heart and not your heart, and, um, you know, we got to have that understanding and um, try to be resilient, right? So, um, yeah, I think that's the takeaways from this chapter and things that we can continue to, to go on our day reflecting about what happened. Again, we see some more statues of building on the foundation of creating a nation of again understanding the the role of prayer we pray to yahuwah they stopped the fire we pray to yahuwah or they grumble to yahuwah about them desiring to eat they got meat you know so a point that we understand our, our communication with yahuwah he he, he provides for us but we want to leave the grumbling and complaining behind and again like i say it we enter into his praise with enter into his presence with thanksgiving enter into his gates with praise and that's what the temple was about that's what the tent of meeting about that's what yasharal is about praising our Elohim and, and and remembering his mighty deeds and his mighty acts in the earth and uh, then you're gonna be rewarded you know you're gonna even if you're not rewarded you're gonna be made to be content with what you do have right because having you who is enough so so many lessons uh, I just want to share some things that I gathered and I was able to see from just reading this chapter and I think that may be important for the, to highlight for you guys. So uh, with that said, man, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for walking with us, for reading with us. Um, we ask that you guys uh, do us a favor, help us out by following the podcast um, so you notify anytime we drop a new, cha new chapter, new episode. Um, you guys are more than welcome to interact with us in the question and answer segment. We're actually going to put some questions down there and uh, and get some feedback from you guys it's exactly specifically to this chapter, what you guys think. Uh, we're going to continue to interact with you guys through polls and question and answer sections or segments of the podcast platform. So we ask that you guys interact with us, share your thoughts. Uh, it helps. It, it does. It helps a great deal and, and goes far as far as, again, helping us interact with each other and understand the um, what you guys are thinking, how you feel about these things. So at the end of the day, we're family. So that is the goal, right, to create a discussion around the Torah. Um, also, you guys feel free to follow us on social media. The links will be down below. If you feel led to support the ministry, you are welcome to become a patron. And... Um, that's all folks. So until the next chapter, we say 
Shalom, shalom. Have a great day. Have a blessed day. See you guys in the next chapter.